Hello and welcome to the Lights on a Screen podcast. I am your host, Jacob Blunden, and as always, I am joined by the wonderfully delightful Taylor Robinson. How are you? I know that I like start like this every week, but when I say that this week has just been everything everywhere all at once, <laughs> Taylor's version, like this, this week has been... So it, much. It's been a week. And I've ma- made it through the week somehow um, and recorded a really cool episode of the podcast I'm working on today, which was a nice way to like end this just horrific week. But man, this week really was giving me a test. Yeah. Yeah. Elena, how are you? Um, I got COVID for the first time, finally. You did. <laughs> you so, did. So that's why we weren't here last week. Sorry about that. Um, that's so uh, me as well. It's. I think all of us have just had a bump a few weeks. Yeah. And finally here to talk some movies. Yes. Let's, yeah, uh, let's decompress and yes. talk movies. Mm. Uh, but before we get into the two that we're going to talk about this week... Have anyone actually watched movies well, this week? Yeah. I had COVID. So, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. So I we're really, gonna, I've all right, we're gonna, we'll, we'll dive into. Okay, <laughs> Taylor, were you able to watch anything that you're able to actually talk about? Because I certainly haven't. Yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah. So this is kind of like a spoiler, but not really, I guess. So I had to watch Bodies, Bodies, Bodies for the first time because I just it was one of those movies that like was in theaters here for two days and then just never got around to being able to watch it. It is awesome. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is great. Um, The trailers are horrific and should be tried for like treason or some form of crime because the trailers that came out for that movie made it look like it was going to be insufferable. Um, And it doesn't frame what the movie actually is or what it's actually trying to do. It's a really smartly made film. Um, It's a lot of fun. It's, um, the whole cast is really great. Like, I don't want to say too much about it just because it is one of those movies that just trust the fact that the trailers don't know what the hell they're doing. Like they basically, whoever like did the marketing or cut the trailers or whatever, they're like, oh yeah, this is a movie about Gen Z and social media. And they're like, I know exactly how to cut this. I got you. And they know, like it is bad. The marketing for it is really bad. Um, so Yeah. Um, it was really good. I really liked it. Everyone should check it out if you haven't seen it. I finished watching Daisy Jones and the Six because all the episodes are finally out. So when got through that whole thing, I'm going to be listening to the fake real band soundtrack Aurora album forever now because it's awesome. So that was really good. Um, I rewatched Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, which was really interesting. It had been a long long time since i'd seen them like i don't really do tarantino rewatches very often um so that was really interesting to me i am going to alienate myself and get a hate club going on when i say that i'm a volume two person for sure uh (laughs) you've seen them yeah duh what are you (laughs) um one or two probably one yeah most people are ranking but it's like on par like 
I can't really put one above the other, you know, because I mean, Jacob, volume two is absolutely incredible. Jacob but. looked at me like he was going to disown me when I was, <gasps> when I started the sentence of volume one is great, but and he just went, he went nope. <laughs> I, I, I just went, oh my, no, literally my first was, oh my god, you're a volume two. That's uh, what he said to my face. So <laughs> anyway, um, volume just, volume one, and you're engaged, so there's no, no to, out. To, yeah. To be fair. It's been a decade since I've watched these movies, so yeah. I really need to rewatch them. And if I revisit and I'm like, oh, God, Volume 2 is the better movie. She'll be like, I told you so. <laughs> See, I don't, okay, I don't even, I don't know if I would necessarily say one is better than the other. I just like the storytelling in Volume mm-hmm. 2 more. Volume 1 is like, is Tarantino in the sense that it's all of the chaos. Like, it's chaotic Tarantino, which, you know, which early Tarantino very much is. And it's just a lot of chaos and a lot of just there's so much going on. Whereas volume two still has a bit of that style, but like the story slows down and you get these like intimate, like drawn out scenes that aren't just big action pieces. Um, And so I just I really like the confrontation between Uma Thurman and Bill. Like they have this big like conversation scene where there's not actually any fighting or anything. And I just I don't know. I really love so volume two is great. Volume one is really great, but anyway, I'm just gonna put it out into the world that I am a volume two person, so don't at me or at me, I don't care. (laughs) Whatever. So I watched those. Um my post concert depression is like hitting me so hard. Um I haven't been able to get over it for like two weeks now. It's been a long time since I've had a post, like an actual post-concert depression, I used to get them all the time because I would just go to shows all the time. And then I moved here and you guys are like, what's music? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, so, <laughs> so I think it was like two weeks ago now, two and a half weeks ago now, maybe almost three. It's been nearly a month. It hasn't been that long. It was the Oscars weekend. Oh my God. I don't think it, no, it definitely the 13, hasn't. The, oh, three, it's been three yeah, weeks. So yeah, so it's barely been three weeks. Sorry, okay, it's been three Don't give okay. me that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, <laughs> I can do math. Um, so I'm in this, like, post-concert depression that I haven't, the, the last time I had something like this was the last time we did Comic-Con, because I always get post-San Diego Comic-Con, like, slump, where you're just like, what do I do with my life now that we've just done that? So I got that with this real bad. And so I sat down and rewatched My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade is Dead, which is their final show from the Black Parade tour. And then they're in Mexico and they just put on this freaking insane show. So I just sat down and rewatched that and like cried a lot on the inside. <laughs> and then I sat down and rewatched um, The Life on the Murder Scene, which is basically the documentary of how their band started. Like it starts with them being in New Jersey as a bunch of kids who are, like, trying to put this band together, recording their first album in someone's basement, like, just doing this whole thing. And it's really cool because it gives you, like, actual footage from their first tour, and they, like, sit down and do these interviews, like, on their tour bus, and they literally look like they're, you know, 17 years old. They're, like, in their early 20s, but they look like small children as they're, like, talking about these huge tours they're starting to do and, like, being on Warp Tour for the first time. And just, it's really crazy. Um, to look back on as I was a little too young to do warp tour when they were doing it. They were doing it in like oh five, so I was like eleven. <laughs> but it reminded me of like all the warp tour stuff that I did when I was finally old enough to do it. Um and I forgot just how like progressive they were at the time when they were just starting out in terms of like being a quote unquote like metal punk 
band and they were pissing a lot of people off in their scene because they would go on stage or like be on their bus and they would be like so we don't do groupies and we're not here we're not interested in that kind of life like we'll do the drugs we'll do the alcohol like rock and roll whatever but they would go on stage and be like if anyone in a band like tries to have sex with you like for like backstage passes or whatever like you tell them to fuck off and you spit at them like they were they were not living the quote-unquote like rock and roll kind of image that everyone was kind of pushing at the time and i just forgot like how big of a thing that was in like 2004 like Mm. just how having some a lead singer of a band like that sit there and be like misogyny like what the fuck are we doing it's just it was it's a crazy kind of time capsule like thing to go back and watch so i've been doing that um and basically what i'm saying is i'm probably not gonna watch another movie again unless i have to because i'm falling back into my music hole and i'm probably just gonna start watching like live shows of just like whatever i can find at this point like i'm just I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm I'm taking Jacob's spot where I'm only watching the movies that I literally have to watch because and now, this, <laughs> this is going to be my life. And now that I'm like, one, don't have a car, and two, am stuck and now have moved and am at home and, and able to sit down, I can watch movies yeah, again. Yeah, so we're going to swap. We're going to yeah. swap spots, basically, is what I'm saying. So uh, it was really funny on, like, Twitter and stuff the other day. I was like, my last four watched were two of my chemical romance things and both of the Kill Bill movies. So I'm mentally just in a fantastic place, right? That's where I'm at. It's a combo. <laughs> so, Elena, okay. uh, the, the, the COVID riddle, Elena. <laughs> oh, actually, no, sorry. The one thing I have watched. Oh, yeah. I sat down and watched Hamilton with my mom. Oh, she, yeah. I, I, I showed mom Hamilton and she really loved it. And that was really good. I, I wasn't exp- I was. Yeah, that was I wasn't expecting that, but she really loved it, so that was good. Nice. That's that's but that's my one rewatch. Oh, and I've on the music theme, but I haven't rewatched the actual stage show. But I've been listening to uh, "Come From Away" a lot. Mm. <laughs> so it's a, a it is a lot. killer soundtrack. It's yeah, so really good. around that. It's you really, really good. need to watch "Come mm-hmm. From Away." I do, it's yeah. very good. I okay, like I love it. now you've got what thirty <laughs> movies to talk about. I will be quick. I swear. Um, so I. I'll set the scene. I wake up and I'm really sick and I'm like, sir, boss, I'm not coming in. Um, But I don't have COVID. I'm testing negative. So I'm like preparing to have to go in the next day. So I'm like, I'll just watch a few movies, but I won't like go full binge in case I have to go back to work. So I watched Hard Eight and John Wick on my first day. Hard Eight is um, Paul Thomas Anderson's first feature film. Um, really solid debut from him. Uh, I love Paul Thomas Anderson so much, even though I've seen like, uh, four movies, (laughs) four, maybe five of his movies. So I really need to like actually binge his whole filmography. Have you done There Will Be Blood? No, not yet. Okay. All right. I'm wanting to work my way through chronologically. That one's, that one, I made the mistake. That was my first ever PTA movie. And I, and one, I was... 17 like mm. that was a mistake <laughs> um i need to go back and redo them but yeah like I, I was just curious if you had done like even there even at 17 i knew that this was a great movie but i didn't appre- fully appreciate yeah. it i i know it's going to take a lot of focus from me so i'm i'm waiting for the right time um but no yeah i really loved it uh oh i didn't love it i really liked it <laughs> um there was a few like pacing issues but the acting's really good 
Um, and the story's pretty like gripping. So watch it if you can. Uh, and then I was like, I'm going to have to watch John Wick this weekend. So I guess I'll have to actually watch the movies that came before. Um, and I was like excited, but also I was like, eh, I feel like I won't like them. That was a lie. Um, John Wick, the first one, I was just flawed. I love a good origin story. So that was great. And everyone was saying the action, this, the action, that it's like, one of the greatest action franchises of our time, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, sure. And yeah, everyone's right. That's that's correct. Um, and then day two, I wake up, I test positive. So I'm like, sir, I'm not coming to work for the rest of the week. Um, and I'm like, cool, I can watch more movies. So I watched two and three back to back, John Wick. Um, and I controversially like the second one the least. <laughs> Which was like a crime, apparently. I did see Blake's uh, yeah. tweet to you, like it's second last. No, that's disowned. Yeah, but like I gave them all four stars, so yeah. it's like I love all of them. They're all my like children. We'll but- we'll, we'll get into our ordering when yeah. we talk about the new one, because um, yeah. If anyone's going to be controversial, I think it might be me. Oh, probably. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, anyway. we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I yeah watched the third one and I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And there was just like so many Keanu moments that uh, oh, I, was, I just love them. I just love them. And I'll probably rewatch them again at some point um, soon. But then we moved on from hard-ass action flicks to a – 1950s French movie <laughs> that is not exciting whatsoever. Um, and it's the first feature film from Agnes Varda, um, really iconic French film director. She does a lot of documentaries, but this was like a fictional kind of portrayal of this small Mediterranean fishing village um, in like the south of France. And it was really good. And if you're into 1950s French films, then you should watch it, but it's not going to be for everyone. So, yeah. And then this third day I watched two movies, two movies that Blake recommended me to watch. Um, shout out Mr. Blake. And one of them I gave five stars. It was Columbus. Um, and it's just this – the director is Koganoda and it's this meditative kind of um, – exploration of architecture and art and it makes you cry and it makes you like have an existential crisis and the whole lot but in like the best way I literally was like finished it and was staring at my floor for like 10 minutes and I couldn't like move or think (laughs) it was like that kind of movie so it was really good um and then I watched the girl and the spider what no I shouldn't know this hold on give me two seconds switzerland german german language from switzerland and i don't i can't even recall what it's about to be honest but i loved it <laughs> bodes well for a movie when i can't even remember what this movie was about but was i just, just know vibes. i loved it and it was like a it's lot happened vibes. but it was just it was just this like kind of illustrated like complex emotions of like abandonment and jealousy in terms of like someone you really love and like portrayed it in really like abstract and complex ways. And it was. And you didn't like eternal sunshine. Well, (laughs) I like eternal sunshine. We're not going to have this conversation (laughs) right now. 
Then day four, I think, I watched five movies. Oh, wait, four. I started a fifth and I still haven't finished it. I will get to that next week. <laughs> but um, I rewatched Uncut Gems. I bumped it up from three stars to five stars. So that was like a big, whew. I, I, was, I was just, I'm so mad that Adam Sandler did What? Why are you calling that face? It. You haven't, haven't seen, seen it. it. Much to Taylor's chagrin. I haven't seen it either. I know. What? And, but the reason I haven't seen it is because he won't watch it with me. I keep waiting for him to be in the mood to watch it. And then he's just never in the mood to watch it. So we haven't seen it. Wow. Well, okay. To be fair, it never got a theater release here. Yeah, because it's Netflix. Yeah. Like they weren't doing that back then. I know. And that's, and well, no, it's a theater movie everywhere else. Netflix just bought the rights to it here. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's like devotion. It's like, right, yeah. yeah. And I was just kind of like at that point. And then by the time it was 2019 and by the time we got there and then we just never got around to watching it. So you just never, got I've around never gotten around to, to watching it. There were like several times where I was like, Hey Jacob, you want to watch this? And you were like, I'm not in the mood. And I'm like, not in okay. the mood to be, just be sit there and have, and just be stressed for two hours. That's fair. It's, it's, but it's in the best way possible. I know. The first time I watched it, I was literally, mom and I watched it together and there's a certain scene that is just so high anxiety that we had to like pause and just like, <sighs> let's just take a few deep breaths. Let's meditate. It was like a whole thing. Sounds like your kind of movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then I watched it again and like, I knew what was happening. Um, so it wasn't as anxiety like inducing for mm. me, but I was able to appreciate it more this time. And I'm still so mad that Adam Sandler didn't get an Oscar nomination that year. His performance is fucking incredible. Um, but anyway, then I watched Prisoners for the first time because um, I was like, I started watching Uncut Gems because I had watched too many slow movies and I was like getting really irritated and like my sensory issues were like getting to me. And I was like, I need something that's going to like rattle me to the bone. Um, so I watched Uncut Gems and Prisoners back to back. That's a double feature. Yeah. And I can confirm it was amazing. Um, and the end, I, I was, I screamed. I was like, what? I still what? haven't seen it. Just, oh my god! Yeah, you haven't seen I it. Because is that your only like miss? Is that the only American Denny movie you haven't seen? Like now, have you seen? Oh all no, of them? I haven't seen many Denny movies at all. I've seen Dune. I think that's it. Oh, you still haven't seen like Arrival or? No. Oh I've wow! Only oh, seen okay. Dune. Yeah. So I think it's your only missing one. I think Prisoners is your or and Enemy. I think yeah. The I haven't seen Enemy haven't or seen. Prisoners, but I've seen Dune. I've seen Arrival. I've seen Twenty Forty Nine. I've seen the Sicari- Sicario. I've seen like yeah. So I'm missing those two. I think. Yeah, yeah I really need to dive into his filmography as well. I made like a bunch of letterbox lists of like chronological orders of like directors, directors and- just so I can go through them at random. But yeah. um. Yeah, my mom like ran out and she was like, "What is wrong?" And I was like, <laughs> "I just couldn't speak." Um, but yeah, really love that. Then I watched Almost Famous, but I I watched the Blu-ray that Jacob gave me, and it was like three hours long. Oh, it didn't. So it doesn't have the theatrical. No, it was on, it's oh, only like I'm the three-hour cut. I'm sorry, no, that's fine. But the it's un- also I- like. Three hours on stand. Like, I don't know where the. It's like, really hard to find I don't the know why. theatrical version because Cameron Crowe doesn't like it, even right. though it's the better version. Yeah, because uh, I was the, just like struggling with how long it was. And the, I just didn't uh, yeah, care the, a lot. The director's cuts 
it's too long. I'm not. A, I am not a fan of the director's cut at all. I'm trying to think if that's the one I ended up no, watching. You, no, you know, because the iTunes version is, is the that theatrical. The one I watched? That's the one you okay. watched. Because I was going to say I don't remember it being that long. No, the, the yeah, it's I, only two hours. But then the director's the cut director's, adds another hour. Yeah. The, Damn. Yeah. I it, can't imagine that, that movie's really good, but I can't imagine shoving another hour exactly into it. <laughs> yeah, which is why I only gave it like a three star because I was loving it at the start. I was like, this is my kind of movie, absolutely. Like sign me up. And there were moments throughout that I was really loving. But overall I was just it took me forever to get through and I just like couldn't stick with I'll it. I'll try and find you the theatrical because mm. I I'm very curious. I would one hundred percent give it like probably four or five yeah, if it I'd, was like the theatrical. Yeah. And um my boss like when I did get to work on Monday, my boss was like, No, get out, you gave almost famous three stars, you can't you can't work here anymore. Like you still have COVID, go away. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, cool, as long as you still pay me, I guess. Um <laughs> And then I watched, I went back to my slow burn Kino with Black Girl, which is like on every best all-time favourite film list ever. Um, And it's like a French-African film from the 1960s, really good portrayal of like just like the small eating away aspects of colonialism and racism and slavery in like France in the 1960s. And it's it's only like a 60-minute movie. It's just like... Mm. snappy like says what it needs to say and like the fact that i was watching this and it still resonated yeah and it's made in the 60s was really scary (laughs) um so i think that's why it's still up there as like one of the greatest of all time because it's still its themes are so prevalent and portrays them so well um but yeah and then i rewatched la la land fucking like every week and um inside for the first time in like two years i was like how have i not watched this like again in like a year and a half but i listened like bo burnham was my like in my top five artists for the last two years so like it's the album is still there but just not the actual film but yeah that's uh that's me yeah bada bing bada boom watched a lot i I don't have covid anymore so it's fine That is fair. Well, and I also started watching Gilmore Girls, so I feel like that's going to overtake my movie oh, watching as well. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. For the next two weeks, we're going to be like, so we didn't watch any movies. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so if nice. I'm the one who ends up carrying um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the movie watching, that's going to be... That's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a problem. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the big movie that we missed last week. Uh it grossed over $100 million. That's huge. That's yep. big, massive opening weekend. The quote-unquote final film in the John Wick franchise, mm-hmm. potentially. We'll mm-hmm. we'll get into that. Um, but, yeah, John Wick Chapter 4. It finally came out, and uh, we're all excited. Who is this? The Marquis de Gramont. Challenge him to single combat. Win or lose, it's a way out. I don't sit at the table. Your family does. So, Taylor. Yes. Give us... Okay, let, um, before, well, what I'm going to do, before we get into really really into Chapter 4, I'm going to go around and ask, where is your thoughts on John Wick as a franchise going into this movie? As in, like... The, the three films before, what do you think? I mean, we've kind of just got what Elena thought of, of them. So, what were your thoughts? What are your thoughts going in? And then what did you think of Chapter 4? Um... Well, it's been a bit since I've watched the other three, um, but I do really enjoy all of them. Um, the first three 
I had a lot of fun with. I really think it is one of the best action franchises that we have right now. Some of the best action films just generally that we have right now. Um, and the first movie, I just remember it being such a moment where it was a big moment because it was like Keanu's back and everyone was really excited about that. But it was also a big moment for a lot of people who like action films, but a lot of people who specifically like, you know, martial arts kind of films, like fighting, um, combat kind of films, um, in a Western setting, because most of the time we are so shit at that. Like we think we're great at it and we're really not. And John Wick is just a franchise that really succeeds in making interesting action, but also action that you can see. Like you can tell the cinematography and the shot composition is very much based around you being able to actually tell what the hell is going on with the action. And it's really successful at that. And I think audiences really appreciate that because, you know, within at least the last 10 years, a lot of action you get is so much shaky cam and you never know where anyone's standing or like what they're trying to like blur in stunt people so you can't actually see what's going on. Um, and so I really dug the first movie a lot. Um, and then as I, I still think the first movie is probably my favorite, but the, the other two are just at, at least just as good. I think, um, there, there are definitely elements in each that make them unique, um, and things that I like better than other things in different movies. But I think it's just really consistent in terms of action choreography and stunts. I think it's really consistent in its world building and um, just being like there's never a John Wick movie I've watched where I went, oh, I don't know, man. I just don't feel like I'm in the John Wick world. Like they always do such a great job of immersing you in that Um and yeah, it's just, it knows that these movies know exactly what they are and they never try to be anything else. Um, and so I was really excited going into chapter four, like until they give me a reason to not be excited about John Wick movies, I'm just going to be excited about them. Um, especially since, you know, we get sequels to far, far worse movies constantly all the time, <laughs> looking at you Transformers and Fast <laughs> and the Furious. Um, but and uh, by Fast and Furious, I mean, like, Hobbs and Shaw spinoff crap that nobody needs. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was really excited going into Chapter 4. Um, I really need to rewatch Chapter 4, and I was hoping I would get the opportunity to before we recorded, just because there are some thoughts that I really wanted to solidify by watching it a second time, but we've just had a lot of chaos it's been, going on. It's been a week. So I haven't been able to get around to it. I think chapter four is probably my least favorite of the films. Um, but again, it's really hard because I need to, I need a second viewing. It's one of those movies that I just know I need to see a second time again, whether it's because when we saw it, I just wasn't in the right mindset to watch it. Or if there's just, sometimes there are just those movies where I would like personally for me, like something just doesn't click until I see it a second time. Um, but we can get more into that. I, I enjoyed it. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I was hoping to. Elena. I, yeah, so obviously having binged them in like two days, I definitely, I don't think I had a huge emotional connection to the franchise and that was like hard to gain when I was just like, like if you've watched them like when they came out, it's like this whole thing you've been through over like 
how many years? Like nearly nine, nine years. years. Yeah. Um, nearly ten years. So I definitely was like strapped in, like really ready for chapter four, and everyone on Twitter and like critics were saying it's the best one. So I was like, interesting. I was a bit skeptical going into it because I like one was also just like, how can it get better? <laughs> like, I don't like, it's, it's the fourth one. Like it can get very tiring after like a few movies. Um, and I think it hit all the beats it needed to. And kind of in regards to the first three films as well, neatly ties things together. And mm, I, I kind of said my piece on, the, the first three, yeah. and also you said basically everything that I think. So, <laughs> I, I've been a big, I've been a John Wick fan since the first one. Like I've, I've really like I, I saw the first one in theaters. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was awesome to see. Uh, the sequel when it came out, we didn't get it for like three months later, and wow. it, yeah, like so it came out in February in the US, and we got it in May. Shit. Yeah. Can you imagine that now with John Wick? You'd be murder. Yeah, literally. Um, three is probably my favorite. Okay. I, I think three is the one where they they go, we've taken the premise to its absolute limit and we're doing what we can the most with this premise. It's why this really didn't work for me when you were saying that this that you it could start to feel tired it can start to feel repetitive it can start to feel stretched this is the one that started to for me and funny enough for i you, am yeah i am literally the one yeah, i have not you're on your own I, there is no one else i have found who has given this movie a negative review other than me and that's fine, and that's why I'm very much. I need to see this again at some point because I need to know: is it just me who just sits there and goes, "This movie isn't working for me," or was I in that bad mood, or was I? Was there something about the first time I saw it? Um, this film feels very, very much a two-parter that it was originally that it was the back-to-back film shot that they then just went, no, we're not going to shoot back-to-back. We're just doing it as one film because of COVID. And not only that, for me personally, it it re, re-hits a lot of the same beats as 3. And I think that might be my biggest problem is because I, I love 3 so much. Going back and going, I've seen you do all of these moments pre- previously. And I think, and that's just kind of what just kept hitting me every time we would do these set pieces and every time we would go back to him versus the high table and him versus like I, I think it was just I've seen and, and you know oh John John's on the run and he has a massive contract on his head let's go I, I, I know I've just I've, <laughs> I've seen it like I, yeah. I, I saw that in three and I I, I think I, I this was the first one that really had started to feel like Oh, okay. John Wick's invincible and not in a believable way at this point. I think this is the one where it really started to push the superhero aspect and the, you know, he's like, here's a man who, like, I, I just, 
what what made John Wick so unique and different was he was the devil and someone beat him and he wanted revenge. And it's just starting to get to a point of you push. I just right now at this point, I, I just started to be drained by all the action sequences. I thought that most of them went for far too long and not in that fun. I'm exhausted with the characters and I should be. I was just exhausted because I just didn't think that they were overly different and unique and original from the other films, except one. There's one that we will talk about in spoilers that I think is arguably one of the best sequences out of the entire franchise. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I just, a lot of it, a lot of it really didn't land for me the same way that the other three films have. And I, and, you know, and, and... it sucks because I love these movies and I really wanted to love this movie. Like I really did. And it just, it hasn't landed for me at all. And that's, that's just, yeah, it's really disappointing. And I I was, yeah. So I've been very let down by this one. And uh, yeah, it's probably one of my, one of the more heartbroken movies I have been this year. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm like the, obviously the complete opposite because what I like about action movies is, like, especially action movies like this, I loved when it was just fucking, like, 10-minute action sequences because, to me, it was inventive and it was doing something different and I don't know why you don't think that. But it's, I think, also different to other, like, outside of the John Wick franchise. What the John Wick franchise does is so unique and innovative and I think I said this I was probably talking to Blake about it how like I generally hate action movies (laughs) and like it takes a lot for me to enjoy a movie like that but I think the reason that I like these movies are because the action is actually interesting and this one is the most interesting out of them all and I could watch John Wick on the run for hours like I don't know why but it's just like it's just something in my brain where just watching him run around and get shot and shoot people and I I don't know it's it's all just like so exciting to me and the parts of the movie where it was just like men talking about like I don't know the, the the shit that sometimes is hard to grasp I don't care for those bits as much but I was like really invested in this movie specifically which I think is with the other movies why I probably gave them fours instead of fives because I wasn't as invested in those like moments where people are just talking about what's actually happening in the movie. Um, But yeah. I'm not sure what you'd like me to say without (laughs) going into spoilery things at this point. I mean, there's one thing I can say that's not a spoiler, Hmm. um, which is the standout best part of this whole movie, no matter what anybody says to me ever. And that is the costume department deciding that Bill Skarsgård was going to be the most fabulous motherfucker <laughs> on the entire planet with sparkly suit jackets and a red suit jacket. And just like he was in a new outfit, like every single scene and every single one of them slayed. 
and he could have just been in a boring black suit the entire time and they were like not for bill skarsgård we ain't doing that that is not happening so that was definitely the highlight of the movie for me specifically and i think they put it in there for me specifically so thank you very much uh for that all right let's move into spoiler territory so we can actually start talking about this movie and i can uh prove to everyone why i am wrong So, okay. Um, Go ahead and lay it out for us. Okay, and here is where I could be... This could be a problem of wanting a movie that the movie wasn't trying to be. Or maybe it's just... Uh, I think you do this a lot. You go into a movie and you like the, yeah. you want to see a specific movie and then it's not the specific movie I, I, okay. that you envisioned think, in your head no, and then you're I, like, okay. fucking I think, shit. I think in this specific example, the last movie ends on him going, I am taking down the entire institution. And this movie opens with... This movie isn't taking down the entire institution. It just... It's not. I mean, it is. It's not destroying the high table, and I think that's kind of where my. I mean, it's proving that the high table is vulnerable at the very least. Yeah. Uh, okay. Spoiler. All right. Let's get well, into we spoilers. Are in spoilers. No, so. I know. Is this the final film? No. Well, I don't know how it wouldn't be. Like what? What's going to happen dead? next? I. I don't know. I I say he's absolutely I, not yes, dead. I thought yes, but like it's I like there's a fifth film apparently in development, so I'm like sure well, he's they, not they, dead. But yeah, Lionsgate want a fifth film. Right, Keanu okay. and Chad have both said we want a break, so right. we'll see. I it was a bit suspicious. Like you see him just kind of like lay down on the steps, and and like, it feels very abrupt as well, like. He lays down on the steps, and then they're like, oh, we're at a gravestone that's totally believably the real John Wick. Yeah. And I'm just, like, to me, and I could totally be wrong. It could be me bringing my own bias into this, but I hate any movie. Like, this is why I didn't, a huge reason why I didn't like No Time to Die. I don't like when a movie tells you that a character has has finally found peace and can only find peace when they're dead. I personally hate that trope because, to me, death is not peace. Death is nothing. Like, that's not a character finding peace. That's a character dying. You can only find peace if you're still alive to find it. And to me, it's a really, like, they put they show his headstone next to his wife. And they're like, oh, look, they're finally together and at peace. And maybe this is, like, the anti-religious person in me going, that's not how that works. <laughs> like, they're they're not just, oh, it's a huge happy ending now. No, that is the saddest fucking ending. <laughs> He's in the ground. What are you talking about? <laughs> So to me, if it is the real ending that he is actually dead and that they just had him unceremoniously collapse on the stairs and that's the end of the devil mm. of the boogeyman, that is horrific as an ending. Like, And it disproves your superhero theory that you were no, r- riding I, on. Yeah, no, and that, okay. <laughs> That's what you no, said. No, I know. Okay, but I'm more meaning in the fights leading up to that. I just but it's but it's essentially the same thing. Mm. The the biggest. Okay, let's talk about the sequence that I loved. It's the crane fight. 
all the 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 apartment sequence where yeah, the, where, yeah. where, where you're looking down and oh the crane God. goes up. That whole I was I, I was I was that that entire sequence is one of, if not the best sequence John Wick's ever done. It is mm-hmm. incredible. I loved every single second of it, and it's. Part of the reason why it's not this is movies gotten higher in my r- ratings than you know this is a three hour drag. It's not. There is a lot that I really like. There's just a lot that just didn't work for me. Um, this isn't like a worst movie of the year. This isn't. Just, it was just disappointing that I didn't fall in love with it the way that I was really hoping I would. Um, but that whole crane sequence was amazing. I. There's, like I said, I I think the entire first act in Osaka feels very removed from the rest of the movie, and feels very much like it, it was part of the part part one. And I think knowing I think knowing the production troubles with this movie, I think hurt is something that I maybe took into it a little too much. See, you did that to I yourself. Know, yeah. You I, did that to yourself because I didn't take that in. No, that's no, I didn't that's know fair. that until you said it. Okay, fair yeah, enough. I yeah, I didn't either. Okay, fair enough. Like <laughs> Alright, so okay, so what are what are the things spoil with spoilers that you absolutely loved about this movie? Well for for me, okay. So I had a similar not to the same extent that you did, but I had a similar similar issue where a lot of the action to me overstayed its welcome. Like part, it would be fun, and then it would get to a point where I'm like, okay, I need a new story beat. Like I need something else to happen here. Um, so I'm with you a little bit on that one, and I did feel the length quite a bit at times, and that's why I want to rewatch it to know if the pacing thing was just an issue for me on a first watch because I was trying to take so much in. And with movies like this, that happens to me sometimes. Where on a first watch, I just get my brain; it's too much, and then on a second watch, the pacing works the way that it's supposed to, and I like it a lot more. But on a first watch, like it's, they're just things that I think there was too much for me because there's a lot I don't remember about the film because there was so much happening. Um, my thing about this film, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, the thing that I love so much about these films is the world building. Like the aesthetic is so unique and so interesting and so true and consistent to what it has always been. Like I love the fact that there's always really interesting architecture and the buildings they're having fight sequences in are always unique and I'll have really cool like obstacles and really they're the set decorating is phenomenal on all of these films and I love how the lighting is a character like the specific colors you get and the specific like strobe lights or the spe- like it the world building in these movies is so specific and so identifiable and is so immersive in a way that I think people kind of overlook and kind of take for granted because it's just unlike anything else that you're going to sit down and watch. They just have nailed down what it feels like to live in this world. It's kind of like what Joseph Kaczynski talks about with Top Gun Maverick, where he wanted to be in the same universe as Tony Scott by having pretty much every scene he could be taking place while the sun is always setting. Like, it's a world where the sun always feels like it's setting. In John Wick, it feels like it's almost always nighttime in really interesting architecture with really interesting and dramatic lighting. Um, And I thought they really nailed that in this movie again. Um, And I think that also extends to kind of what I was talking about earlier too, with costume design and being really distinctive with the aesthetic choices that they make in the film, because it's not, 
It doesn't have to just be an action movie. It can also be beautiful. You know, it can also be really visually interesting outside of just the choreography. And I really love that that's not something that just kind of got left behind as they've kept making the movies. Like that cathedral set Mm. is astonishing. Mm. Like they just did such a great job. The other thing I really like about this film is just we get such a great cast. Like we've got some legends in this film, honestly. Like specifically for me, seeing Donnie Yen in this film was awesome. But, you know, seeing Hiroyuki Sonata as well, Mm. like seeing those two in an American action film with like Asian fight choreography that's being received so well. Like, these guys should have been famous here for decades. Like, Mm. they should have been huge names. And a movie like this is doing a lot for them. And that's really, really great to see. And it's really long overdue. Um, So, yeah, I think, to me, the main... Those were kind of the main highlights for me was the world building that really hooked me in from the first movie that is still really consistent. And, again, like, the cast. Like, they really put people in this movie who um, are really dedicated to doing the fighting and the stunt choreography who are really perfect to kind of fit into this world. Um, and yeah, I, I also thought that, um, I can't remember her last name, but Rena, the girl who plays the daughter, mm. um, for here, Yuki Sonoda, she was awesome. Mm. She was oh, Rena Soyama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My queen. She was phenomenal. <laughs> my queen. I love so, her. Like those were kind of my big positive takeaways. I also think the duel, like when I think of great sequences, the duel, the, the duel at the end. Yeah, I think the was, duel worked really well. I, I think that's I probably my, my breath. I yeah. think that's probably my favorite scene in the whole film, just because I do think that they actually put in the work to build up the tension to that mm. moment. You know that Donnie and Kane, you know that Kane and John Wick, neither of them want to be in that position against each other. Yeah, John Wick probably would have never been like. If he, if he thought it was going to be Kane, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um, and so just having that, you believe their history. You believe that in their own kind of effed up way, they care about each other. Mm. You believe that they're both just so desperate that this is just what they have to do. And it's stressful. You have no idea what's about to happen. Like the anxiety works so well in that scene. Um, and so I, I really do think uh, that the movie while there are moments I don't think work perfectly, it did manage to build up the tension to where that pays off mm. so well. Yeah, the fact that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Kane hasn't been in any other films, no. right? Do no. we know about, was no. his name no, no, mentioned? No, no, no. Yeah, the fact that it was able to build that storyline and completely like emotionally wreck you by the end with mm. what happens just from like this character just popping up out of nowhere, that's like props to the screenplay and everything. Um and yeah, like the fact, I think I saw a tweet or something that said this, but with the budget they have, the fact that they put that into actual sets yeah. and not just like good CGI that would probably turn out bad anyway. Mm. And just the, uh, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was like the rave sequence that yeah. is yeah. like yeah. central to all John Wick movies apparently. Yeah. Again, um, world building consistency. Yes. <laughs> Um, with all the falling water and everything. Oh, my God. Just, like, the ability to create something like that with that your budget is exactly what I want and, like, need in action movies and, like, 
every other franchise need to take notes. I'm not going to name which one. <laughs> what did you think of the? Okay, so the so the entire Paris sequence. So the start, like basically, where so, the radios happen, like where the ra- like the overdub of the radio yeah, host and is then, happening. That and then they're fighting through the Louvre, oh, not through through the um through the streets, through, yeah, and and then. They get to but I, and then they obviously mm-hmm. get to the crane shot and all mm-hmm. that. That whole sequence was awesome, mm-hmm. and then I think it overdoes it with the part with the staircase and the park scene. Personally, I think that was where really? I, I didn't. I was like so it. into it. No, and when, that was to me. I was like, <laughs> oh, I was oh, this so is into just it. He was one. working his way up, and then he falls all the way back down. I was kicking myself, and I was the only one laughing, but I didn't care. Um, because it just like kept going. Oh, I just I loved it. Yeah, and then he had to do okay. it all over again, and with the help of Kane, he was with Kane at that time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 See, I didn't mind that either. I think to me the action sequence. So that the staircase was fine. I I got a little. Um, I thought that when they were at the giant ass roundabout, I feel like that overstayed its welcome a little bit. Um, but the one I think I had the most of an issue with when I say the action sequence overstayed their welcome, I was getting really done and over with the just completely drawn out fight at the um the continental in osaka mm-hmm. like the the setting was really cool but they spent way too much time in that like mirror room or whatever the hell it was where he's fighting kane i to me that started to get exhausting I don't mind the sequence at the end, like where they're going, where the radio host is. Ha- like that sequence, I think, is really well done. Mm. I think it was a bit of stuff at the beginning of the movie that I don't know why. Again, like I'm having trouble figuring out why certain things felt like they overstayed their welcome for me because I didn't have a problem with the club, like the waterfall club. No, I think that thing whole thing. Either. I thought that worked really so, well. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought the stairs. I thought the stairs was really well done um, just because it is that tension moment of like sunrise is literally about to happen in one mm. minute and like the fuck is going on. And I think it's really cool to have Kane be the one to help him get there mm. considering which just backs up the point I was making earlier, considering what they're about to both have to go do. But Kane is not interested in the game that scars guards play character is playing yeah. of like stop him at any cost from getting there. He's like, no, if this is going to happen, we're going to do this. Yeah. And it's going to be done the right way. And, you know, I don't I don't care about um, the marquee having his own plan. Like, if he's mm. going to make me do this, yeah. we're going to do it the right way, mm. which I thought was really cool. Mm. Um, have you actually seen the post-credit scene yet? I did, yeah. I, um, when I was closing at work, like, VMAX was, like, the last one to finish. So I was up in projection watching it. <laughs> um, and, yeah, when my, when my girl, my queen, walked out, I was like... Mm-hmm. You get a text. Mm-hmm. I get a text like two to, uh, like a day after you had seen. Say, like, what was the post credit scene? Yeah, because I heard there was a post credit scene. I was like, oh fuck! <laughs> and so I was like, I'm gonna have to go watch it at work. Um, no, but yeah, I did end up watching it. Um, it makes me excited. Um, next up, we obviously have Ballerina. Yes. So that's the next one coming. Next, it's either the end of this year or next year. Is it like actually? Like it's a shot. thing that's happening. Yeah, yeah it's, it's shot. It's, it's, um, I'm pretty sure it's okay. finished. It's oh. finished shooting. I thought it was just um, like talks. No, Ana de Armas is in it. Oh shit. Um, so is Keanu, Lance, and Ian McShane. Like all yeah, three of them are in, in it. it. It's gonna be. So, it's Lance's last of. It's Lance's last film. Um, can I just say, is it a film? 
Yeah, yeah, it's a spin-off. Yeah, it's a spin-off. It was a series. Anyway, no, yeah. I've heard so much there, wrong things been a, about this. Okay, so there is a continental series coming okay. as well. See, there's I hope they lot. don't go too far with the spin-offs and make it like this thing that I think they're is going to. I think I think Lionsgate don't have another franchise right now. So uh, they're just uh, all in. Yeah, yeah, it's that and Hunger Games, and yeah, we'll see what happens uh, with Hunger Games. Before we like get into anything with ballerina, um, this is one of the more brutal like life imitating art kind of things mm. that just I was yeah. not ready for Lance Reddick's character to die. That yeah. was personal. And yeah. then when that it hurt. happened, I was like, I can't I don't have the emotional nobody <laughs> warned me about what I was about to get into and it was really tough. Mm. Like that was tough. Yeah. I, like I, no, uh, normally not, I can kind of separate it out, but this was like yeah, triangle given, sadness well, all over yeah, again. Yeah, given me. it given how close it was and also very very nice touch i don't know if it was a theater if it was a theater wide thing or if it was just here if it was just here or what but putting the in memory of right beforehand yeah because obviously yeah, the movie quite quickly well no yeah because obviously you couldn't put it in the credits at this point no. like people had the movie so you couldn't put it in the credits but putting it up at the very start i thought that's a very nice yeah. touch that's yeah, it was good that's yeah well done um does anyone have any final thoughts before we move on um, I don't think so. I think it's just going to be interesting to see if they do end up putting the fifth movie into production. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the spinoffs and how involved like Keanu and kind of our main crew that we know are actually going to be like, mm-hmm. it's going to kind of just be one of those things where you just got to see what's going to happen. Like, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough because, um, the, clearly the, the crew that's involved with this is the reason it's been so successful. So seeing spinoffs happen with maybe other people involved and seeing how that gets handled will be interesting. Mm. I Yeah, I love this movie so much and I really didn't expect to, which is also why I think um, I rated it so highly and I'm raving about it so much because I was just like, in shock at what <laughs> I was, what emotions I, ha- I was having. Like, um, yeah, so I, I honestly think this like, could very easily go down as maybe one of the best western action films we've got like i think it'll age very well it's not going to be one of those um action films that is like good at a certain time period and then you watch 10 years later and it's like oh yeah that's pretty like stock standard now or like i think it's gonna hold its place in time and in the genre at least i hope so and and at least in western culture um but yeah i Epic, epic cinema, kino cinema. Uh, can I just ruin all no, of your anticipation no. for the Continental? Because I just realised who's starring in it. Oh, what? They got Mel Gibson in it. What the uh, fuck? For, for what? Is, why? why? What is he doing? He's playing. He's playing because so it's about it's a prequel about Winston, and he's playing um, Winston's mentor. Ugh. Why him? I don't know. It's set in the nineteen seventies. <laughs> <laughs> one more <laughs> All right. uh, uh, anyway go. at least we have ballerina anyway All John right. Luke, uh, out of five out of five what'd you oh, give we're it? doing this again oh yeah. god i don't remember and i'm not on the page anymore hold on i gave it five out of five bitches wow. I, gave, I gave it a three and a, a three and a half uh i gave it two shut up yep Suck. going to Suck my. yep <laughs> 
right. Well, so that was last week's movie that we didn't get to for um, due to someone being sick. So, so sorry about that. <laughs> let hey, we well so far Taylor's the only one who who hasn't, who hasn't yet who delayed, hasn't delayed like an, an episode, episode yeah. because um, <laughs> they've know. been sick. So as I did it like I did it in December, yeah. and now you've done it. So <clears throat> don't was, put that curse on yeah. me. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's now talk about the movie that opened this week. We're, of course, talking Dungeons and Dragons. Here's the thing. We're a team of thieves. And when you do this, you're bound to make enemies. Sometimes those enemies come looking for revenge. Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, okay, so what was our like anticipation level going in? <clears throat> I know you were very. excited. I was really excited because I liked the trailer. Like, yeah. I didn't really know anything about it, and then the trailer came out, and I was like, I re- actually really like the vibe of the trailer. Um, and also Chris Pine is in it, so I was gonna be there. Like, and it's Hugh just Grant. yeah, but Chris Pine though, yeah. <laughs> and also Chris Pine in like you know, period, like, clothing, like, mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. you know, like, role play, mm-hmm. kind of, like, that whole deal. It was, like, into the woods all over again, which True. he's the only, basically, him and, like, Emily Blunt are, like, the two enjoyable parts of Into the Woods. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I was, I was, um, I was excited about it. I thought it looked like they had hit a really good tone um, and that the cast was really good. So I, and it, I'm not someone who's very familiar with Dungeons and Dragons as a, as a property. Like I've never played the game. Like I'm not, I don't really know a lot about it. Um, so I didn't really have that kind of like personal dread where I was like, Oh God, they could really fuck this up and I'm going to be really upset about it. So for me, it was just like, if they can make it a fun movie that hits the right tone, I'll, I'll be really stoked. So I was looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I was like, Oh yeah, I have to go see that. (laughs) for the podcast um i probably like if i didn't if i wasn't doing this i would probably miss it um it's just yeah fantasy is not my thing um like i said action is not my thing unless it's john wick (laughs) so just like not my kind of movie so going in i was like yeah this this should be fine this should be good like basically what i was thought about 65 except i liked this movie more than that um but yeah, I yeah with Dungeons and Dragons, I've played a few one shots, um, and so I know like the gist of how gameplay works and all that kind of stuff. But I can't say I like understood any of the Easter eggs. But I did appreciate that, like you, if you don't have that prior knowledge, you can still enjoy it, and it's not going to be like just a thing for nerds. But then like the nerds can also be like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Drink if you had uh, Elena being the only one of the of the crew who's ever played Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, that is uh, surprising. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, did, didn't have that on my uh, bingo, bingo card. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should start a podcast bingo sheet. <laughs> yes. um, I, sub- I subvert expectations. Yes, That's just what I do. So I again, yeah, the the thing that. I was dreading this one. I, I I didn't. I don't know why the trailer didn't work for me. Jacob, I didn't. I didn't think. Shame. I didn't think the trailer looked overly good. Same. Um, but I also. I'm using my. If I could physically broadcast the Game of Thrones shame <laughs> bell ringing <laughs> gif at both of you right now. Anyway. Um. But more than that, like the the thing that then got me like, oh, 
okay, a little bit excited, was the fact that the screening was three weeks early. That is the first indicator of, oh, you've got some trust for this thing. And that made me a little more excited. Yeah, the fact they weren't like, it's the night before and the embargo doesn't lift until, until the day off. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, oh, okay. This, <laughs> oh, you're, you're trying to bury this. Alrighty. Um, you're praying no one talks about it. No, here they wanted you to go talk about it. They wanted people to see it. And then obviously, and you know, Blake saw it three weeks ago and, was, and has not stop shutting up about it and talking how much he loves it and that's great and and so that started to get me very excited for it this movie's just fun mm. i yeah. like I, I and it's i'm and i said earlier i'm a little shocked at how well received it's been just because of it's a very low stakes it's very it it's it's a very feels like a blockbuster from a from 20 years ago but not and but and that's not an insult that is in like a that's a that's a good thing it feels like a box from 20 years ago but these ones 20 years ago were very much dismissed yeah and it's a little shocking to me to me how revered this one has been and yeah and then and we would and I was talking with you guys with you about about why and it's just it's it's how genuine it is. I, I think that the biggest strength this movie has is it's wears its heart fully on its sleeve. There's not an ounce of cynicism in it. There's not an ounce of winking at the camera saying, we know how silly this is. We know that the, get this this is for nerds. And we, we know that. Like, it, it never once does that. It treats its audiences with respect. It treats its audiences as though, no, this is actual stuff that people love and this is why they love it. Well, and, and I mean, to be fair, I think that that has a lot to do with the directors and oh, the absolutely. crew behind yeah. it. Like, when you look at who they are, mm. I wouldn't expect them to make a movie like this that wasn't genuine. Yeah. And that's where, and and you're right. Like, I, I just more think from in a modern blockbuster, if, hey, we're making a Dungeons and Dragons movie in 2023 you would have been like oh that's gonna have 10,000 winks at the camera 10,000 oh this is you know oh look how silly this is look at all that and they don't do that and that's to their well, massive well, credit yeah. I mean the hands of a different directing yeah. team I think you'd be right mm. yeah it had every I think why I was also like not looking forward to it exactly was like it had every chance to be this just like cheap and boring and also just like uninteresting unfunny like just random blockbuster that slapped dungeons and dragons on the title because it had a few references to um like some of the like characters in yeah. there or the or the animal like the creatures, creatures and stuff yeah. and stuff um so but then it could have also swung the other way where it was way too much of that and like yeah like you said way too on the nose um so I think it had that like healthy middle, which is why it works for a lot of people because it's kind of hard not to like it. Like you walk out of there and you're like, you know what? That was, if I didn't love it, I didn't hate it. So like, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, this, I think this is a really, really just fun, entertaining movie. I, I, yeah. I just, I, and I, a- I, I think it doesn't, we've kind of touched on it, but I think it doesn't treat the audience like it's stupid. It Mm. gives you enough to where if you know what Dungeons and Dragons is, you're not going to be bored. Like there are things in there that like they use terms that are Dungeons and Dragons specific, but they put it in a context where if you don't know what they're talking about, you can figure it out and they trust the general audience to do that. Um, 
not a lot of movies these days will. They'll either dumb stuff down so much that the whole movie is just exposition and you're like, well, this is horrific. Mm. Or they'll be so specific to try and be quote unquote like cool, you know, to be with in with the people who know it. Yeah. That they miss the mark. And I feel like this was just the happy middle of being able to do both really effectively where the terms are in there. So it's not just like, Hey, we threw one word in there so we can call it dungeons and dragons, mm. but they're using terms and words. And, and it's enough, I think to get people interested in the universe, right? Like they use specific things where if you want to learn about it, it's a good starting point mm. while giving you the context, enough context, but trusting you to be able to figure it out. Mm. Uh, yeah, like I said, I I think there are some genuinely very funny moments in this that um, were hurting me to laugh because it hurts to laugh right now. <laughs> um, and there were just other moments that I just thought were like the. We'll get to it in spoilers, but there are sequences in here that are just brilliant. Oh yeah, um, it's very clear this is from the guys who did Game Night. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think that you know that the humor they nailed extremely well. Yeah. Um, but even then, like the the character dynamics, I thought was really well. There's a couple that there's a couple of things that didn't quite land for me, and we can get that in spoilers. But other than like on the most part, this is just a fun adventure movie. Yeah, that's yeah. another thing. Like it could have easily just been a bunch of big names and like kind of just yeah cheap character development and stuff. But it actually had a really good emotional core with Holger Michelle Rodriguez. Um, I didn't expect for her to kind of be. She's, I guess, like the heart of the movie. If there is, yeah, one. yeah. like yeah. she holds all the emotional beats and has a lot of those sequences, which she nails. Like I was actually really surprised by her performance in this. I have only seen her in Fast Seven, the one Fast and Furious movie I've seen. Um, but yeah, and I think I also enjoyed how they were able to mix like generations of actors as well, mm. like. You've got Sophia Lewis and you've got Chris Pine and then you've got Hugh Grant and also like Chloe Coleman. So it's like a like kind of spreads it out without like doing it on – like they obviously might have done it on purpose but like spreads out the age range I guess of like people that might go see this movie yeah. um, and makes it work really well. So I think it's – and also even the filmmaking of it is very intentional and again could have gotten away with not – being very good filmmaking but a lot of the like set pieces you could see when it was cgi and the cgi was like average but then a lot of it was just like actual sets which is nice to see um and they use that very well in the the camera work and all that is pretty spot on so good movie Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's get into some spoilers so we can actually talk a little bit deeper about this one. And, and uh, yeah, let's dive into it. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Um, so the graveyard sequence is the best sequence in the movie, right? Well, okay. I mean, it's up there. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's top two. The second... Being the fucking cameo, okay, by that's Sir fair. Bradley Cooper. I <laughs> that was that, that was like maybe top movie moments of the year for me. I was like, is that is I was like squinting, looking at Chris. That fucking Bradley Cooper <laughs> as a tiny little man, and is Holger like 
this is her ex? Like, what the fuck is going on? And then, like, later down the line, it's like, oh, yeah, she had, this is her type. And I'm like, one, disservice. Two, Miss Lesbian Holger. <laughs> but also epic. That That is just, oh, anyway, graveyard sequence, yeah. Yeah, the graveyard, the graveyard sequence, I was dying. I was laughing very hard. I think that entire sequence is so well done and is so clever. And it's it so easily could have not been. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. it could the, have overstayed its welcome yeah, so fast. The, the balance of that is needs to be handled so delicately. The, that's what I think these two do so incredibly is the balance of comedy. Is how is just Clever original comedy and knowing when to cut and knowing what, how long to stay and like, don't overstay. Like, I think that works extremely well. And yeah, there's there's a lot of sequences like that that I, I just think of. I also love the graveyard sequence because it's very like that is one of the sequences that is like if you play D and D, you know, like that is just like so gameplay. Like mm. you get you go and you can ask this corpse. You have this spell where you can ask this corpse five questions and then you ask him a first question and then you ask someone else a question but that's also a question for the corpse and then like <laughs> like the, that sequence was like so gameplay so like i really enjoyed that um like having to navigate that yeah that was that was funny to watch did you, did you stay for this mid credits Yes, like okay. the one right after the credit sequence. Yeah, where he's and then he's um. He just like he's still hello. Hello, yeah. yeah. That was, was that, that the only one? Yeah, I think so. Oh, we didn't say to the very okay. end. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that I thought that one was very funny. I really liked um the kind of sequence where they're like breaking into the carriage where they're trying to use the portal mirror. Yeah, um, yeah, that was cool. It was really cool, and they posted a video on Twitter of how that was actually shot. Like, oh, and it's really? yeah, I, I retweeted it, but they posted a video like they built the carriage and like they're moving the camera around, and like it's a like a practical effect, like her flipping up into the oh wow, car- like it's really you guys wow. should watch it. It's yeah. really cool. Um, but the way they shot some of this stuff, like practically, was really cool, it's refreshing. Um, yeah, so th- I really liked that sequence a lot. I liked the humor of you know. You can see his legs up here and his head down here, yeah. and the people riding behind are just like, "What the? <laughs> like, what is going on?" Um, I just, I don't know. I thought it was good comedy, but it was also just really cool, like set piece wise, mm. to like have that be a thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Just, I thought it hit such like the tone that it hit was really great. Like you said, they balanced comedy really well with also having these story pieces, and yeah, it had a really surprisingly sweet and genuine emotional core mm. like a family story mm. that by the end like i was legit crying at the end of that movie i knew where it was going yeah i knew where it was going and i was just like it's still happening i can't i can't stop it like it's it's just such a powerful message to have chris pine's character realize she's had a mother all along yeah and I've had a family all along and I've been chasing something that I don't need to be chasing. Yeah. Like something that's just gone and I've been taking for granted the thing that I have and the thing that means so much to my daughter. Like that's just such a mm. powerful, like mm. th- that whole thing. I was just like, I was not ready to cry at the end of the Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> movie. But Again, here not we are. on the bingo card. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, um, okay. So what did we think of once Renee turns up? One. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah. yeah. I second that. <laughs> but what, what do you mean? I, okay, I, I'm more, I thought the set piece was really well done. Yeah. I thought that whole sequence was really fun. I, I the, the bridge scene is hilarious. I, is that good. is so clever and so funny. That yeah, that whole thing. Um, the dragon being giant and fat. I just that may that actually got a genuine laugh out of me. Like just because of how it's different. Like it's clever and it's unique and it's different. I, I just thought that whole set piece was really well done. Um, I do. I as someone who hasn't played D anD feel like it so fits into what my image of D anD D is to have a character like that just like show up. And then be like, all right, and I'm off now. You're never going to see me. Like, just kind <laughs> yeah. of off and quite yeah. literally. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where it's like, what the fuck? Where is he going? Yeah. All right, yeah. bye. Yeah. Yeah. That I, like I said, I, I think a lot of it worked really well. And that, yeah, that, that whole sequence. It's hard to talk about this one just because it's so, there's not, like, on paper, I can't point and say this is what it did well. Mm. But watching it. It does it so it well works, yeah. that it works. Like on paper, this is a trope filled, cliched filled, everything about it. You go, this thing shouldn't work. And it does. It mm-hmm. just does. It, yeah. it, it's fun. It's sweet. It's emotional. It gets you, it, it just gives you a smile on your face mm-hmm. the entire time yeah. of just, this is just fun. And I, we don't get those type of no. movies anymore where it's just from from start to finish it's a it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything to break the mold it doesn't do anything where it's oh we're trying to be this completely wholly original unique blockbuster we're just going to be Which is a where fan. I think it also could have failed if it tried yeah. really hard to do that and you were like don't try to do that. Yeah, like, I think it's it's just it's a fun uh, uh, yeah, it's there, just a fun. There is one other scene I want to talk about. I don't know if you saw it cuz you went to the bathroom like 6 times. I would so. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you just you do. That's how you yeah. watch movies. That's who you are as a person. It's fine. <laughs> um there was a sequence that at, like I wasn't expecting it to fo- unfold the way that it did, but when it did, I was like that is genius. Where they have Chris Pine's character playing the lute as a distraction, but it's not actually him doing it. <laughs> like, were you there for no, that scene? Miss, so know. he's like trying to distract the guards so that they can get into the castle thingy, mm. whatever. I don't remember what it's called. And he's like singing this song and then it starts to skip. Like he's repeating <laughs> the same line and then you look and it's him magicking like uh, it, like it's an illusion. Like yo. he's not really I actually there. got quite scared when that like for a split second I was like, is the projector failing? Like fucking trauma. <laughs> and and so he starts skipping and singing the same line over and over again. And you see in the background that um Justice Smith's character is like magicking it, but his foot gets stuck, and so he's like distracted, and it just starts like skipping and repeating, and then like the face starts contorting and it's like almost like melting. Like it's hilarious. It was so well done uh, where it's just like this horrifying image mm. of because he's not concentrating on it anymore. It's just becoming like its own kind of, that was awesome the way they did that. I was not expecting it to actually not be him. I thought they yeah. were like, well, you get to distract him and deal with mm. whatever the consequences are. But I don't know, just moments like that were just so fun. Mm. Yeah. And that's what I think this movie does so well. And also, 
it would have been so easy to make Chris Pine unlikable. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's not unlikable through the movie. He's not a stuck-up prick who mm-hmm. – he's someone who is flawed but knows he's flawed exactly. and is just trying – is trying. And he's, I think, he's a great character. Yeah. We I don't think, really get great layered. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think that, again, in the bad written version of this – the lie is his whole character and he is and, and he like and no and, and he does and he doesn't in that whole sequence where they're like what do you add and and you know and everyone's owning up to their faults he doesn't make his fault and that's mm-hmm. his character arc yeah. is at the end he he acknowledges his faults like no his character arc is not it's igno- not that it's not that it's not acknowledging that he do- he has faults his, he knows he has faults yeah, his character arc is his family yeah he is figuring out that he actually does have a, a family still. yeah, yeah. And, and that's i i really I don't know. I just appreciate. I appreciate that where it's like you are so close to teetering on cliche and tropes, but you do it in a unique way, and that's what I think works so well. Is yeah. that they they do this stuff in a unique and different way that is just fun. And I yeah, I, I really enjoy. It. I think Hugh Grant is having the time of his life. Oh God, yeah. I think he I is. I love it. He has no idea what's going on and he's having the best time with it. He's like, really. Did, have you seen any of the Comic Con like interviews they did for? No. Like the San Diego ones they did for this? He is literally the only one in the cast that's sta- like they're at, getting asked questions about like playing D&D and stuff. And like Chris like learned some of the stuff for it and some of the younger cast have like played it and stuff. And you, Hugh Grant is just sitting there going like, I don't get what we're doing here, but you know. Like, <laughs> like there's one of those. Um, Apparently there's like. Before some of the screenings in America, they played that thing where it's like, welcome to the movies and thanks for coming out to the theatres. Like the cast are sitting yeah. and they're like talking about the movie, trying to get the hype. And apparently Hugh Grant is just like sitting to the side and all he's, everyone's saying stuff about the movie and how they love the movie and what they love about it. And Hugh Grant just says, now Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Like, <laughs> yeah. And just like says the movie's title basically. <laughs> Like, he's having a ball, and he doesn't give a crap that he has no idea what's going yeah. on. He's really good in it. Yeah, he, he is. is. He's yeah. having the he, – look, he's clearly having the time of his life. Um, And I – yeah, I, I just think – that's what I think works so well about these movies is it's just they're clearly having fun. Yeah. And when the cast are having fun and when you can tell that the fun's there, we have fun as well. And I think that's just – yeah, th- yeah, this movie There's works good, really well. good chemistry with the cast for sure. Yeah. Um. Before we, uh, one thing I do want to mention going into this movie that um, I have never been so annoyed at a trailer. Uh, the, the trailer started f- and it came up with Sky Dan- It came up with the Skydance and Paramount logo, and I got really excited because I thought it was Mission Impossible. It wasn't. It was Transformers, and I and the, the my, my face just went. Oh, he was so I was disgusted. just so like he felt so betrayed. <laughs> Because it was so like, oh yeah, yeah. I was so happy and excited, and then like, no, it's it's Transformers. I just that you, yeah, you that trailer re- was yeah. shocking. Yeah, and so, why? Oh, what's his name? Anthony Anthony Ramos. Ramos. He get that he getting that who, money. He getting that money. I know, but like, who held him hostage? To in the height, in the heights, bombed, and he went. I need the money. Just still, like, <laughs> yeah. You deserve better. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's, yeah another, that's, that's another movie you're gonna have to drag me. To oh, see. I know. I know. Well, that's probably gonna be our last Paramount movie here. Here, so yeah, maybe. I have to you go guys to that can screen. Do that episode I, yourselves, I guess. No, I have to go to that. <laughs> no, screen. Jacob can do that one. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I want to go to that screening. So yeah, 
Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for this week. Do you have any other final thoughts on Dungeons and Dragons? Mm, no. No, it was just a fun time. Yeah. 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 That's just all. It was just yeah. a fun time in the movies. All right. Uh, Taylor, where can they find you online? People can find me at Finally Tailored pretty much everywhere. Letterboxd, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, TikTok, just all just all the places. Just type, anywhere and type everywhere. Type in Finally Tailored and you'll probably find me. Um, yeah, I don't, don't got too much going on at the moment. Just like, if you follow me on Twitter, I've been yelling about sports and My Chemical Romance exclusively. So, uh, find me there for that, I guess. <laughs> Lena. Um, I forgot, okay. You can find me at Elena Violet on Instagram and Letterboxd, Laney Film on Twitter and TikTok. <laughs> And all of us at Lights on the Screen on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, you guys can find me over at Jacob London on pretty much everything and Letterboxd, Twitter, Instagram, I need everything. to get one handle for everything. Yeah, I need to, I need it, to change it, that. Yeah, it does It <laughs> does really help. And yeah, you should. <laughs> um, next week, we've got the one that I think... Um, okay, I said this earlier. Having a mind blank, I forgot. If... if I don't need Mario to be an amazing movie. I just need it to not suck. That's all. It just can't suck. If it sucks, it's going to break my heart because these trailers and everything have been so good. It has made me excited for it. And it is next Wednesday and I cannot wait. I'm so excited. (laughs) I am just, even though Chris Pratt's probably going to ruin it. Other than that, I'm very excited. Same. Listen, I want to be excited for it so bad because I think the animation looks great and I love Super Mario, but I just can't get past this trend that we're in with a lot of these movies now where the voice actors aren't voice actors and I listen to it and go, great, that's Anya Taylor-Joy talking. Mm, like, true. That's the kind of stuff that really bothers me about animated films now. Like, I don't mind if you cast named people they just need to know how to voice act as a character mm. and most of jack black is doing all the hard lifting basically. oh yeah <laughs> like he's well, the so, only yeah, one uh yeah key and and jack black were the two that i said are the two that really sound like oh no you guys are actually doing something different but that is a big pet peeve of mine which i feel like is really gonna make it hard for me even if mario is a good movie i'm probably gonna sit there and be like i can't see these characters and not hear the actors that they are because they're not doing any yeah. voice acting. Well, watching the trailer, I was even like, I was just thinking of Anya Taylor Joy yeah. the yeah. whole time, and it doesn't it helps it doesn't help that she like has blonde hair and yeah. like kind of yeah. looks like her. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's just my little rant, yep. my pre rant, little so, taste off. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we have the Super Mario Brothers movie and Air. So Air's yes. our other one, and then potentially also Pope's Exorcist if we see it. But I'm absolutely probably not, not, not it. happening ever. <laughs> You're not going to see it? I can't. I she can't doesn't do, do Supernatural. I, I can't. Do, I can do Supernatural, but not when it's like religion-y, like exorcism type. Like I've got a lot of personal uh, mm. things <laughs> where I just can't. It'll be a real bad time for me mentally, and I don't think Jacob wants to deal with what that looks like for me if we go not down over that road. Really, not so, over Easter. It's, it's going to be a long weekend so already. Whenever you guys do like those, like I'll do horror, but I draw the line at like demon possession like that kind of stuff i just can't like for personal traumatic reasons i cannot (laughs) i can't do it fair enough yeah well guys thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the lights on the screen podcast and we will see you next week